makes your heart to skip sometimes in life everything is about relationships other things are just additions and uh, from every relationship what we look forward to a lot of the time is love is a you know a perception of acceptance um, and goodness and peace but life plays a trick on us sometimes love hurts when love hurts is the title of this message it's a series from the love clinic at the elevation church it promises to transform your life. I want to encourage you to stay tuned, call your friends, and let's uh, discuss what happens when love hurts. God bless you. I read from verse 6 of Luke, Luke 13. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none then he said to the keeper of the vineyard look for three years i have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found uh, and find none cut it down why does it use up the ground but he answered and said to him sir let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, we ask that you breathe upon us this morning. Let your word bring healing. Let it bring deliverance. Open somebody's heart. Open us up for what is ahead of us. Let your hand rest on someone from this service. Make this atmosphere conducive for miracles. Let your miracle hand touch someone in this service. And let it touch someone watching on the internet right now. Let it be, oh God, that we will not be the same again after tonight's, uh, this morning's meeting in Jesus' precious name. We thank you, Father. So this parable says that the keeper, you know, uh, is saying, look, don't cut this tree down. Give it time. Let's dig around it. And then let's fertilize it. And let's see what happens. This morning I'm sharing what I've titled, When Love Hurts. And the major truth that I want to share this morning is that hurts will always be a part of our lives. Why? Because we cannot do without human beings. We are created for connection, not isolation. And because we cannot do without human beings, Jesus said that it is possible but for offense to come. That means offense will always come. Even though he said what uh, to him from whom offense will come, but the truth is that offense will always come. The greatest asset to any organization, to any individual, to any family remains a human being. The greatest source of hurt still remains a human being. So the truth is that we cannot do without people. And if we will, 
live our lives with people, then, inevitably, one way or the other, either at work or at home, or perhaps sometimes even in church, we get hurt. But, and sometimes in church, the hurt can be very messy. Yeah. That's why, you know, approach, uh, uh, as we get into the love clinic, I want you to get into the understanding that hearts will always come. Heartaches will always come. They come, you know, hand in hand with human relationships. Human relationships. The first uh, mother in the Bible uh, was from a twin brother or a brother. Yeah, Cain and Abel. Angels did not kill the first human. Man killed man. Man hurts man. Man breaks the heart of man. So being hurt is a part of life. It's part of human experience. So while some people will face worse situations than others, we all have to face hurts or hurtful situations, you know, uh, at some point or the other in our life and in our experiences. So we, 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 uh, we have to live it, I mean, uh, come to the realization and the understanding that hurts will always come. Hurts will always come. All through the Bible, we see examples of people who were badly hurt, as in badly. Now, for some people here this morning, what you're going through, if you compare it, you know, with some of the hurts that people go through in the Bible, they'll give you change. You know, they'll discount it and they still give you change. What has kept you up all night crying, when you check out what some people went through in the Bible, they will discount it and you will collect some change. For you to know that you're, you're just coming up. You're just coming up. I mean, check out the guy called Joseph. It, it, it was, his life was a catalog of, of hearts. A real serious catalog of, of what you shouldn't wish on your, on, on, on your enemy. So in Genesis 37, from verse 1 to 4, you'll read the story of Joseph having dreams. And it was not his fault. I mean, how does it become your fault to dream? You just need to lay your head on your pillow. The Bible says dreams come from what's your business. And then some dreams come from God. So when does it become my fault to dream? And they hated him and decided to hurt him because of the dream. Now his father loved him and sold for him a coat of many colors. How is it my fault? You know, I get into a place of work. And the boss just took a liking to me. How does that become my fault? You know, then everybody starts to hate me. How is that my fault? I didn't do anything. I wasn't sucking up to the boss. I am not a bootlicker. Uh, I'm just myself. And the boss decided to love me. How does it then become my fault? And to now cap it up, they did the worst things that you can do to someone who is expecting love from you. You see, uh, love really hurts when instead of getting love from people who should show you love, you get hatred. That's when it hurts deep, deeply. Am I, am I saying the truth? You see, when a stranger hurts you, you can, you can just wave it aside. You can just you know, shrug it off and just move on. But when from your household, the people who are supposed to show you love are the ones you know, perpetuating hatred and animosity and strife, then you begin to wonder. You begin to wonder. 
Why did God even set up? You see, when you live in a dysfunctional family, you ask yourself, God, what is it about family? Why did you set up family? Why must we be a family? That's why some people just bail out. It's just family is not by force. And just move on. Generally, just move on. And just forget everybody. But the problem is that that, that will not solve the problem. Because you will still have to cope with other human beings. You can run, but you cannot hide. So run away from the nuclear family. You still have to walk somewhere. And you will meet people, flesh and blood. And you do the same things that you are running away from. So how, how, how long are you going to run? You even come to church, the place of God. <laughs> you meet flesh and blood. They are looking at you like this. <laughs> Waiting for where to strike. Not in this church, though. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. Praise God. <laughs> but you're getting my point this morning. It's that you, you can run, but you cannot hide. Whether you like it or not, you still have to confront it. The fact that love hurts once in a while. Love hurts. And when love hurts, sometimes it can be really bad. Some of us are cut off from our family members right now because love is hurting us. Some, some of us here now are currently separated from our spouses because love has hurt us. Some people have broken a relationship even in one month of this year. Yeah. Because love has hurt. Someone is taking some pills right now because you just have to sleep at night and it's been difficult to sleep. That's when love hurts. Somebody has cried, even this one month of this year, more than you have ever cried since you were born. But the good news is that Jesus is here this morning. And his, his, his light is coming upon your path. In the name of Jesus. It's true that we all hot. That's the truth. But the big question is, must we stay hot? Should we stay in that place? Can I get a response? Should we stay in that place? I said, should we stay in the place? We must strive not to stay hot. That's the truth. We have to strive not to stay hot. We have to strive. We have to strive. We have to strive. When, when we're hot, you know, the bad thing about hot is when we're hot, it gives room to negative emotions. Gives room to a lot of negative emotions. And negative emotions, they, they choke us. They reduce our capacity to be fruitful and fulfilled. Our capacity to be fruitful and fulfilled. When, 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 when we hurt, we engage fear. We engage guilt, shame, condemnation, rejection, hardness of heart. Sometimes we say, never going to love again. I'm not, or I'm never going to love except something or someone is watching my back. That's when hardness sets in. We become defensive. Malice can also come. The greatest of all negative emotions that will come out of a heart is guilt, shame, condemnation, and rejection. It started from the Garden of Eden. Guilt, shame, condemnation. Rejection. And it's still happening up till today. It's still happening up till today. It's still happening up till today. How do I 
handle my fears? How do I handle guilt? How do I handle shame? I know I've done something very shameful, but how do I handle the shame? Sometimes you, you, some people, are, uh, they, 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 they have to cope with guilt, not because they did anything wrong, but because the devil continues to tell them that there's something you could have done that you didn't do. You know the one that always beats me is when a woman is reading with guilt when her husband gets into adultery. I don't understand it. Society put women under pressure. We have a part to play to make our husbands happy and satisfy them sexually. But we must never forget that the covenant of marriage is a three-way covenant. I have a covenant, it's a triangle. I have a covenant with my wife and then with God. Now, when a man comes and says, get into adultery because my wife, my wife, my what about God? What happens to God in the equation? Have you taken his permission? Are we still here? I said, have you taken his permission? Because it's also a part of the arrangement. Let me try to, you know, get into the myth of this message, which is the cure for a broken heart. The cure for a broken heart. If someone is here this morning saying that love has hurt me, how do I get past the heart? How, how can I refuse to stay hot? How can I refuse to stay hot? How can I get past the heart? I'll give some suggestions, then I'll unpack Luke 13. Few steps. First, few steps. Refuse to be a victim. Refuse to be a victim. One of the major issues that people have to cope with in life is the devil trying to hold us down to make us a victim in the affairs of life. And I, we need to keep telling ourselves, I will not be the victim here. I want to get past this earth and move on. Refuse to be a victim. Joseph must have been able to pass through what he passed through because he refused to be the victim. Refused to be the victim. Break past any barrier of guilt or self-condemnation. We can break past every, you know, feeling of guilt and self-condemnation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the love, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So it's possible. If God said there's no more condemnation for you, there's no more condemnation for you. If the maker of the universe says that as far as the east is from the west, I've separated you from your sins, then if he has forgiven you, you are forgiven. God is the only one who has the capacity to forgive and forget. Man, don't. So they will still remember. But you need to remind yourself, God forgives and forgets. So the lack of capacity of man to forget, notwithstanding, I will move on. Sometimes people struggle to forgive you, let alone forgetting. Some people develop the capacity, maybe Christians, to say, I've forgiven you. But the truth is that they don't forget. But who is most important in the scheme of things? God. And if he says... I, by nature, have the capacity to forgive and forget. He said, as far as the east is from the west, so I've separated your sins from you. 
Though your sins be as scarlet, it shall be white as snow. And he forgives, he forgets. That's the first person that we have to deal with. So we need to break past the barrier of guilt. Also, we need to push past self-denial. Saying you are fine when you are not. I know I've taught you how to confess the word of God. I'm a positive. I have a positive mental attitude. Say to the righteous shall be well with you. I know I've taught about a woman who lost her son and running towards the prophet Elijah. And Elijah sent, uh, sent, uh, Elijah sent his servant to, to ask the woman. The woman is all well. And the woman said all is well. But the woman was still running towards the prophet anyway. She didn't say all, all is well and turned back. If I'm going to get past this earth, then I need to tell myself, I need to push past self-denial. Saying I'm fine when I'm not. I should know the proper place to go and to say, truly, all is not well. And something has to be done here. All is not well. Something has to be done here. Gain courage to face that hurt. Gain courage to face that hurt. Revealing my feeling is the beginning of healing. Scripture says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Revealing my feeling is the beginning of healing. Any heart that is covered in self-denial is like a wound that is just covered without medication. It will just fester. And that takes me to this meat that we need to bust this morning. The meat that time heals every pain. Time heals everything. Forget it. Forget it. A wound unattended will fester and not heal. Time alone cannot heal a broken heart. Tap your neighbor for me this morning and tell your neighbor you need more than time. Tap somebody and say you need more than time. You've heard it. Again and again, people just consoling you. I say, time heals. Just give it time. You're going to feel better in the morning. <laughs> time alone is not enough. Time alone is not enough. A wound unattended will fester and not heal. The medication, the real medication, and this takes me back to where we started from, Luke 13. The real medication is grace, truth, and time. It's when we had grace, when we had the truth, that time makes sense. Let me go back to Luke 13. In Luke 13, a man planted a tree, a fig tree. And the scripture says that it will come from time to time, hoping that the tree will bring forth. It's a parable of Jesus. And, that's, and, and there's no fruit, it will come. And this time around he said, told the guy in charge, cut it down. Cut it down. Cut it down. He said, when heartaches become unbearable, what's the question we ask? Cut it down. That's where we become suicidal. At the heart of all forms of symptoms of emotional maladjustment, of hearts and pain, you move from, you know, the clinical symptoms of depression, schizophrenia, you know, all, all those, you know, becoming paranoid, Anxiety attack, all those things to 
You know, functional symptoms. When somebody's not able to walk, they give you jet-land-driven projects. You take their file back to them the same way they gave you. And you say, no idea. <laughs> it's, it's hot. It's something inside that is eating somebody up. That you cannot even think. You know some people, you sit down with them. Okay, just five minutes to think straight. It's difficult. Why? Because the load is unbearable. The load is unbearable. And Jesus said, <laughs> said, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. said, I'll give you rest. But when you're bearing unbearable load, you need to remember that there's somebody that has a solution to what you're going through. The real medication is great truth and time. Back to Luke 13. The man looked at this guy. He said, no, don't cut it. Don't cut it down. He said, that's not the answer. That's not the solution. The medication is this. He said, first and foremost, leave it for one more year. Give it time. Give it time. And see. So, to some extent, time will work. But he said, give it time. Come back in a year. But he said, apart from that, leave me to it. He said, I will dig around it. And then I will fertilize it. Digging around it is getting to the foundations of the issues. So lead me to this tree. This tree that is dysfunctional. This tree that is not bringing forth. Riddled with hearts and pain. Uh, you know, covered in shame. Not able to produce. Not able to perform. The marriage is not working. Career is slipping out of your hand. You're moving from one job to the other. He said, leave it to me. Give it time. Give it one more year. But I'm going to do something else. Apart from the time. I'm going to dig around it. I'll dig around it. I'll get to the root of the issues. We're going to face the truths. And he said, afterwards... We will put fertilizer. That's grace. That's grace. That's grace. And he said, it's after then that time will start to make sense. Time becomes redemptive when grace and truth is available. All right, now you know that it's not just time that heals. Uh, we have to, it has to be a combination of grace, of truth, and of time. And if you're not exposed to the truth, then you need to look for um, a good church as a Christian to attend. And maybe you don't even have the right people around you. I want to encourage you to get the right people around you. And if you're not exposed to the grace of God, it means uh, that maybe you're still far from God. Uh, there's this, the right hand of grace, which is what makes you to grow in your relationship with God. The grace that brings salvation is another kind of grace. And maybe you don't have that one already. You're, you're not in a relationship with God. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you that God will forgive you your sins and bring you into a vital relationship with Him. All I'm asking right now is that you bow down your heads and say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I accept you today as my Lord and my personal Savior. Fill my heart with your spirit and wash my sins away. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you just said those words with me, I believe that God has come into your life and he has started a new walk in you. 
and um, I want you to keep strong. Look for Babu Bolivian Church around you. And if you're in the city of Lagos, uh, please try to visit us at the Elevation Church. Join us in any of our services on Sunday. And I'm sure God will bless you mightily as you come in Jesus' precious name. Until I come your way again, same station, same time next week. Focus on the love of God and know that God loves you. And everyone around you will soon realize that you are a blessing. And even if you have been rejected before, uh, just wait for a season of divine acceptance. God bless you and remain on top. I need a place I can elevate my soul Where my mind and spirit can be whole Where the truth is real and greatness is known